Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser. Um, there are four of us this week um, on the end of the line, as they say, uh, should be Paul Finney. Paul, are you there? I am sadly for everyone listening. How, uh, well, I'll ask you all how you are uh, in a minute because I'm enjoying the Eurovision style introduction that I now get to do when I say, are you there? So Chris Charles, are you there? Oh, yes, I am, Sorry. yes. Oh, good. Sorry. Uh, good. Yeah, I was on mute. Yeah. It's, and Flo should also be there. Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I am here, coming at you live from Finsbury Park. Hooray. Very good. I'm in Finsbury Park. How is everyone this week? Grand. Grand. <laughs> it's another week. It's another week. Um, so, um my, my brother, Richard, who, is, who, who helps us out with the pod and the website and stuff like that, um, said, um, oh, you, you, are you, have you um, uh, basically you, got through, you need to get through some more sponsor announcements because we, we're very lucky that we have a few people sponsoring the podcast and make sure that you get through them before the end of the season. And I said, don't worry, because I think the season's going to be lasting at the very least another 15 weeks, isn't it? Something like that. If they're talking about, um, it's like this season isn't ending before sort of August, September, something like that, isn't it? Yes. Even if, I mean, our manager said he w- he would be surprised if the season didn't start till October. Wow. So I think, rest assured, Richard, calm your jets, fella. We'll get everyone in start first. Or, 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 or whatever comes first. Yeah, exactly. So let me, ah, right, let me go through. First of all, we do have a sponsor. For today, as I um, and it's quite a nice one. So, thank you very much to Phil Crossman who has sponsored the podcast. And as everybody knows, when we're doing these podcasts in isolation and in lockdown, our beer sponsor changes from a beer sponsor to an antibacterial wipe sponsor. So, Phil, Phil Crossman, thank you very much for sponsoring uh, the antibacterial wipes today. He is doing it in honor of his 50. 50- birthday on the 13th of May. Uh, so Phil says, I moved to London in 1992 and landed in Shepherd's Bush. No other logic than I fancy going to see QPR and its connections with the clash. Obviously, the team back then was easy to fall in love with, and I haven't looked back since. I took my two boys, Joe and Charlie, as soon as they were old enough, uh, and these days we're all season ticket holders in Block V, Ellerslie Road. I have absolutely loved this season. If you're paying for entertainment, we're still the best team in London just like we were back then. I've been a big fan of Clive's Loffer words for years and recently got into the podcast. I love the passion and the common sense, but mostly the real warmth you all have for the subject, which brings us all together. Keep doing it. Thank you, Phil. And despite um, your very, you must be listening to a different podcast if you're talking about common sense. Um, and so you're probably a very confused QPR fan right now, as we all are. But nevertheless, thank you for uh, the sentiment. And it, it- and if he needs counselling on being 50, me and Chris are on hand to help anyone in that 50 club. We can help you through it. It's not that bad. <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. Um, right. We, we've got a lot to get through today. So 
we announced what the subject of the podcast was last night uh, on Twitter. So whilst we are here with no games to watch, we're looking at different themes each week. So first of all, thank you everyone who suggested all the different themes because we will work our way through them and work out what ones are going to work and what ones are not. Someone said kits. I'm not entirely sure how a kits podcast would work when you can't see anything, but we'll see what we can do. um, People have said uh, captains, managers, coaches, away games. So we're going to go through a few different themes and subjects. Today's is cult heroes. Um, And we are very fortunate that we're going to be speaking to one a little bit later. We're going to be speaking to Jamie Mackey a bit later in the podcast. But before then, we're going to be going through our own cult heroes. Now, we asked on Twitter, and there's been some brilliant suggestions. This is obviously a very personal choice because this has got doesn't necessarily have anything to do with ability. Um, It's all uh, kind of personal choice, what someone meant to you. I have looked up the definition. So the definition of cult hero is a writer, musician, artist, or public figure who is greatly admired by a relatively small audience or is influential despite limited commercial success. But I think that is also open to interpretation because does success on the stage at QPR mean that you have had limited commercial success? Or if you're one of our greatest ever players, can you or can you not qualify for a cult hero? I think we kind of all have a rough notion of what it means. And so we'll leave that open to interpretation. Um, But I have now spoken for too long. So we're all going to name our top two, in our opinion, cult heroes. And there's so many to choose from. But I will ask for their first choice for Mr. Paul Finney to kick us off. Oh. Well, you see, I can't make a mind up. I've got about 15, so I'm going to have to rationale it down. So um, I'm going to give you... Do I have to give them both now? I'm going to give one now and come back. Give one now. Give one now. I'm going to be shouting out loads of different ones that people on Twitter have um, suggested throughout because obviously we're we're only going to name eight between us and there's a load. So go on, go for it. Right. Forgetting... The Warwicks, the Neils, the Doors, and all that that I love. And I'm even going to have to leave out Big Mac on this one because he's a legend, therefore above cult status, in my opinion, as is Ray Wilkins. I would The first cult hero I have is Kevin Gallen, simply because if you think about it logically and everything that he did from the youth to player, um, the only thing he didn't do was get on the bench as a coach. But... He, it was a boy's own story, wasn't it? Loved the club, breathed the club, the whole family loved the club. His mum and dad used to put QPR players up when they came over from Ireland and so on. And I think even recently they put Joe Lumley up for a few years. So they've looked after players, they love the club. His dad insisted on buying a season ticket so he could still criticise the team, even when his son was captain and playing. Never, ever took the freebies. And Gallen was there for the best and the worst of times. And you always kind of think, I don't know what you guys think, that post in Portsmouth, did it rob um, England of one of their greatest ever strikers, in my opinion? It probably did, because he was about probably one season away from a massive move. And what people also forget about Kevin Gallon was that he was a quality passer of the ball. And what he lacked in pace, some would say, um, probably thanks to the Guinness, not on the shirt, but in the pub, um, is that his vision and his craft was superb and um, he never gave up trying. And I could go on for hours and hours and um, I probably will if given the chance, but I won't. i just say my first one, Kevin Gallen, a true number 10 from youth to first team 
to forever at QPR. And an unbelievable youth team record, which is often, I won't say forgotten, but, but well, I guess it is forgotten. It's overlooked. I think he scored something like 60 goals in that youth team season in um, like 91, 92, whenever it was. He beat Him Jimmy Greaves' record. That's right. And he, he also beat... won, he once won a tournament with England abroad, didn't he? I mean, you guys are probably know more about that than I would, but um, the under-21 uh, European Cup, I think it was, or Champions thing, whatever, international team. As a support Northern Ireland, I don't know those trophies, but there you go. I'm sure, the one with Robbie Fowler, I'm sure he won that one. Yeah, I think so. So he is, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be a lot of people's um, choice um, as well as being, because he's got everything really, hasn't he? QPR fan, West London, massively had always did and always still does engage with the fans. And if anyone's been to one of our live events, um, he, tend, he he always very kindly comes on and makes an appearance and is a, is, um, a regular contributor to the podcast. But he was also really good because with some of these cult heroes and, and you know, the, the name Devon White, for example, has been mentioned quite a few times by people on Twitter. Now, Devon White was a lot of things, but he wasn't an exceptionally talented striker, if nobody is offended with me saying. And quite often when you talk about cult heroes, they can be cult hero for a number of other reasons. But Kenny Gallen was a was one of the best strikers we have had in the last 20, 30 years. So, so he sort of had everything. A captain he won from a QPR number nine or ten. And you know what? I was even tempted to put David Pesanti in for that goal against West Ham. But, you know, you can't do it. There's some, we're so blessed. I mean, Chris can go back further than me because he's older than me, thank God. Um, but oh, we're yeah. blessed. Well, I'm just saying. We're so blessed, haven't we? I mean, you're Steve Wicks, you're... Big Bob Hazel, the, the Rudy Shuffle, you know, all these special... Gary Woodock, I mean, there's another one that came through the youth team. Big Mac. Another one that won't get on many people's lists, who I was amazed at for pure talent, was Ian Stewart. Absolutely outstanding talent. Didn't even realise how good he was. Paul Goddard would be on the list. Don Massa, yeah. you know, all, all these players. Absolute quality. And I still sometimes shudder to think of the players that we had in them, them hoops. We're so blessed. So lucky. And when people say we haven't got a history, they can go, they can go shade. We have got a brilliant history. Um, who says that? No one says we don't have history. Well, they do. When, when you speak to other people who support teams, say, well, have you, especially in this part of London where Arsenal Spurs fans, what have you won? And it's like, I think it's only people who troll you on Twitter, isn't it? Um, I get trolled by Flo. our own fans. Flo, who's your first pick? So my first pick, my picks are actually a little bit of a crossover with best 11 and favourite games. But my first pick is Gareth Ainsworth. Um, I think... Oh, good choice. I think he's the definition of cult hero, really. Um, Amazing, like, you know, had the personality, had the enthusiasm, had the energy, had the commitment... And had the talent as well, you know, those two goals he scored at Russian Diamonds, which will live long in the memory of a lot of QPR fans. And I already mentioned once before, um, maybe one day he'll return um, as manager. And that, I think, would almost, you know, complete, like Finney mentioned about Gallen, the one thing he never do, he did, did was uh, sit on the on the bench as a coach, but I think Ainsworth, you know, he's already done that in a, in a caretaker capacity. And I imagine he'll come back and probably lead the club 
um, for good one day. So, yeah, just such a such a hero at the time, and he really kind of pulled us up out of some pretty shit uh, situations. So, yeah, that's my first pick. Very good. That is that's good. a brilliant that show. And anyone who and anyone who so can ignore. Good. Sorry, anyone who can do 24 phone calls and one half at Manchester United from Briatore deserves it. Uh, can I just say at this point, so I want to shout, give a shout-out to as many of the suggestions on Twitter as possible. There were quite a few shouts for Jermaine Darlington, who I have to really? confess, he is someone I hadn't even thought about for well over 10 years. Um, but... I, yeah, there was. Believe I think it's it or his not. birthday today, actually. It is. Well. He is 46 today. And he made 71. Isn't he four years younger than me? Yeah, can you believe it? No, he, he must have had some pip around, I tell you. Um, good pick, Flo. Um, all right, I will go. Um, this my, my first pick only played for us for one year. Um, but I think his... Impact has uh, endured for, well, it's nearly 20 years now. And so my first pick for a, a QPR cult hero is Peter Crouch. Um, and, and it's because the story is, it's just a great story of kind of what happened, how it came to be and how that season was. And it was a terrible season generally, but he was kind of the one shining bright moment. Um, and since he's kind of always remained uh, in affection with QPR fans and has had affection for us. So what I've learned from doing these nostalgic chats, um, and you guys can correct me, is the details get very fuzzy over the years. So do correct me if, if uh, any any of this is wrong. But my with pleasure. Yeah, as you did last week. My recollection is that he came in the summer of 2000 and he came because Jerry Francis was the manager of QPR and had previously known him as a youth team player at Spurs. But Crouch came basically as the backup to three or other strikers. I think those strikers were Kiwamia. I think Andy Thompson was here. I can't remember whether Paul Furlong was here yet or not, or, but I think he was, and he was around that time. And this young kid from Spurs who had never played a game for Spurs, um, just basically came from next to nothing and was expected to maybe be on the bench a couple of times. Um, and then I think through a collection of sort of circumstance and injuries, he played and he started playing and he started scoring goals. And, uh, and I looked up his stats this morning. He played 42 games for us in that season. Um, he scored 10 goals. We went down and we sold him immediately. Um, and we made a very nice profit on him. But it was kind of this unlikely story of this, well, everybody knows that, Crouch's kind of ungainly bloke who was actually quite handy. We were the springboard for him, for his career, and I feel like he has never... We took him to our hearts, but we have never... He's never forgotten us. So, Finney, you might correct me, but I recall him making, uh, I think it was a 10 grand donation two or three years later when uh, we were going around... With black yeah, and, and faith yeah, which he is g- something. He, it, yeah, go on. He gave ten grand. He gave ten grand. Les gave us his England shirt from the World Cup, and but Crouch did actually start schoolboy terms with QPR, and right. then went to Tottenham. But yeah, you're actually bang on, David. I have no complaints about that. And his debut yeah. was against Brentford in a friendly, and he got absolutely murdered by the Brentford fans, and um, the rest is history. 
He's also very sort of QPR. I don't think he's a QPR fan, but he always the other lot. He supports the other lot, but he grew up in Ealing, I think, or, 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 or near to there. He always talks about his family and friends being QPR fans. I think he gave an interview a couple of years before the end of his career where he said he would like to return to QPR. He still joins in with um, some of the fundraising stuff that the QPR Trust do. All-round good bloke, very fond memories of him. Right. That leaves Chris for his number one choice. Hi. Um, yeah, just adding, I, I can remember Crouch, that game against Arsenal in the Cup, and uh, it looked like he'd scored. I'm sure if we had VAR then, that ball would, uh, you'd see that ball cross the line, and then that, that was to put us 1-0 up, and then we ended up losing 6-0. But there you go, sliding doors and all that. Um, yeah, my first one, um, the, again, you mentioned the definition of a cult hero. So, yeah, is, 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 is this falling into those bounds? I'm not sure, but it's Stan Bowles. Um, I mean, obviously, he's our greatest ever player. Uh, that's why I hesitate about the, the cult hero. But um, We'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know. Everyone knows the things he could do with the ball were were amazing. Um, his touch, his vision, um, his accuracy, um, those long flowing locks. I mean, it, you know, there should have been a movie made about him. Um, and it's unlike some of these other sort of gifted players. He did. He also got stuck in in training. Um, although he wasn't a big fan of football, and if uh, if, if ever he was injured. He'd rather than go and watch QPR, the rest of his teammates play, go over the track and watch uh, the dogs at White City. Um, but I, I think as well as being, he, he also got it, he knew he was an entertainer. Um, and yeah, I was, like as Paul said earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm sadly old enough to have seen him play, but he inspired me uh, and, and a lot of kids that age to um, support QPR. I used to pretend I was him playing in the playground. Um, and I don't know, on and off the pitch, he, he's just an, absolute legend um, a few years ago uh, for the podcast actually I went up to meet him um, uh, in Manchester and he turns up uh, smartly dressed right on time at this pub of course it's a pub um, talk about mm-hmm. the old days uh, <laughs> uh, and and as I was starting to ask the questions it was a bit weird because he was like he, he couldn't re- you know I was asking his favourite goal and he wasn't quite sure couldn't remember anyway in the end I sort of just just sort of gave up and afterwards his, um, his his daughter said oh you know she was joking said oh you know if you slip him 20 quid that normally makes his memory come back but since learned sadly that that was obviously the start of um, the terrible disease that he's got now but having said that I just yeah I, I put the um, I put, put the record away and ended up just having a few beers with Stan in the pub so I'll take that to be honest oh great you're a lucky man you're a lucky man yeah, I mean, there's the other story as well about the the, the testimonial. He was uh, the European Cup final. Brian Clough, um, he, he, John Robertson had a testimonial, and Stan Bowles wanted to play in it. And, and Brian Clough said, "You play in that testimonial, son. You you won't be on the you won't be uh, playing in the European Cup final." So he played in the testimonial and and missed the European Cup final. What a ledge! And also his England cap as well. When he he wore a Gula boot and an Adidas boot, or was it Umbro? I can't remember. <laughs> so he, got, he got sponsored by both. Yeah. See? That's- that's brilliant. And there's well, there's a famous quote because he only got five England caps, which is criminal, really. But there was that famous saying: if he if he could pass a betting shop as well as he passed a ball, he'd have a hundred England caps. True. And, <laughs> and, his, and his own mother said, if Stan opened a funeral business, people would stop dying. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, we'll allow we'll allow that choice. Um, that's a great that's a great choice, Chris. 
So, so before we go on to uh, our second choices, I want to. I want. I'm trying to read out as many of the comments as possible. Charlie Skinner on Twitter has done an eleven of cult heroes. Now he is obviously a gentleman of. He looks younger than us, older than Flo, is what I would say, uh, judging by his choices. So we're sort of basically talking the last. 15 years, but it's quite an interesting 11. So in goal, he's got Ludek McCloskey. Um, then a couple of a couple of players here I'm not sure about, but generally good choices. Right back, Marcus Bignett. Left back, Gino Padula. At the back, in the middle, Ryan Nelson and Clint Hill. Then across the middle, and this is a pretty good one, or more or less, Gareth Ainsworth, Martin Rowlands, Lee Cook, Gavin Peacock. Perhaps uh, have Mark Birchman in there over yeah. Gavin Peacock. Uh, and then up front, oh, here's a blast from the past. Here's a blast from the past. Dudu. Dudu oh. and Heide Helgerson. Yeah, not bad apart from the bad creature. Gavin Peacock. Yep. Yeah, Dudu was going to be one of mine, actually, but uh, just, just got edged out in the end. By well, it's more the story, isn't it, Chris? The whole story of Dudu. Amazing. Go on. For those those that are not um, really old, remind everyone of, of Dudu and, and, and what that I was mean, all about. I mean, I even I remember Dudu, and I'm like half of those lads' age, so. Uh, oh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Shot, I had shots to say there, really. Shots fired. Wait, see what I can Flo, I'm coming at Ooh. you with my symmetry. I'm coming after you. <laughs> uh, no, um, he, he was brought by the Winton family. Now the Winton I was family go back. Say that. Yeah, the Winton family go back to '67 because when we, the, the, I mean, Matt Winton is quite happy to come on and correct me, and perhaps we should get him on one day again, and he, he can tell the story better. But his dad had a B and B in Queensway or some kind of hotel or something. Or knew the owner. I don't quite know the story. But when we won the League Cup, we had nothing planned because we weren't expecting to win it. It was kind of like. Jesus, now what to do? Saw the players headed off to this this wee place in Queensway by the Wintons, and then many years later, when we're when our absolute knees, um, he was there to help sign Shitsu and Dudu, and would have brought in a few more players as well um, if he'd have been able to. But there you go, he was there for our greatest hour, and he was there in our, our hour of need. So rest in peace. Um, uh, and you know, and the irony, rest in peace. And the irony was never lost that the Winton family bought helped by two players. One was called Shitu and one was called Doodoo. <laughs> you see, all we needed then was a toilet roll sponsor, and we would be exactly. flying. Exactly right. We, uh, I think Jamie Mackey's waiting for us. So let's let's race through or, or go through these final four. I will jump in with my second cult hero, and I think this is. Uh, a man that has been actually so close to QPR that sometimes we forget his cultness. Um, and my second cultness, that was. And my second choice is Ian Holloway. Um, now, Ooh. I think there is, because of A, his style of management and his reputation. I actually think what he did as a player is somewhat overlooked. And this week, I watched the whole of the 1992-93 highlights that were put on Facebook by the club. It's an hour-long film of that season where we finished Top London Club. And it's a brilliant watch. I would recommend anyone to watch it because actually we played lovely football. The goals came from everywhere. Every single player could play. Um, Everybody contributed. We had brilliant fullbacks, fantastic winners. 
But the thing that surprised me, that brought it back to me, was actually how good a player Ian Holloway was. Um, because you think, in the, as time goes by, you just associate him with the sort of bull in a china shop reputation he might have as a, as a manager. But if you watch that, that highlights film, he set up a lot of goals. He put some brilliant passes through. He could really run, really play. Uh, and I think he's underappreciated from that point of view. But I think from the cult point of view, you cannot deny the contribution he has made to our club for the last 20, 30 years. He played hundreds of games as a player, managed hundreds of games as a manager, always brought his unique personality, style, attitude with him. Brilliant servant, amazingly quotable Um and that's why Ian Holloway is my second cult hero. No arguing with that one. And with that, we will go on to you, Finney, for your number two. See, I had to, I, a lot of people lost out in this. I say indoors, 1 0. John Byrne lost out. This killed me to leave John Byrne out. Absolutely destroyed. <laughs> I'm, I'm beside myself with hit. I'm hitting myself right now. Mock Falco, I had to leave out. Um, uh, just, just, just really upset myself doing this. Uh, Terry Fennig for his greatness at the club as well. But Gary Bannister, to me, uh, his record was just superb. Again, when I said he should have been in the best 11, um, his record was superb. Never mourned, never wanted a big move like everyone else did once they started banging the goals in. Just got his head down. Goal of two hat tricks against Chelsea. Um, just such an amazing talent and brought to the club for a very cheap price. And I will say, Gary Bannister, you are in there. I don't know if he's been being it forever, are you? Because I lose track sometimes because my brain capacity is quite limited. But um, I'd love to see him back at Rangers. I'd love to have him on this podcast. And I know we've come close to it a few times, but he is up there with Adele and a couple of others like Simon Stainrod that I want to get on this podcast. So, yes, Gary Bannister, enter... You were my number two forever. I I definitely think he has been a forever R. I feel like so this is this is really bad. I definitely heard an interview with him, and I can't remember whether the club did it. Or, I'm not 100 percent certain we haven't had him on any. We haven't. We haven't. We haven't. I can tell you that now because we had it done. I'd have made sure that I, wherever I was in the world, I was on that podcast. I would have flew back. Um, well, it's um, yeah, but I hope he doesn't disappoint you like John Byrne did. I mean, let's no, John, no, 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 John Byrne didn't. John Byrne sadly was watching a main other game. He's a Mancunian. He's got. Um, he could barely remember that he played for QPR. For me, and no, I, listen, I, felt, I really no, felt you doing I'm thinking, that interview because no, no. he was like, "Yeah, I think I played for QPR once," and he, no, he, he no, he's no, been no, your no. guiding star in your life. And hearing that must have broken your heart. No, it just showed me what a great person he is because. He then didn't realise how much he was loved. And at that time, if you remember <laughs> rightly, the club weren't making all players feel loved. And it was probably out of this podcast, dare I say it, that the club changed that policy. And if that's one thing that we've ever done in this world, it's a brilliant thing. And he then, when he came on after that, was amazing. We jogged his memory. We got him loved again. He came back to Rangers. And he, a bit like Lazarus as well. You know, they came back and they felt the love and instantly it all comes back. Sometimes the club has to show a little bit of love to get love back. And after that, he was brilliant and always a hero, always a legend, always welcome. 
Uh, and an anaesthetist, John Byrne, I believe. And Gary Bannister, I think, ran runs a B&B. Because if there's one thing that's more fun than talking about cult heroes, it's talking about what cult heroes are doing now. Right, do you know what? Do you know what, Chris? Flo? I know what you're going to say, Paul. You know I what know I'm what going to? Say. You know where I'm going? We're going to B&B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's um, the way to get him on the podcast. We're going to do a B&B from Gary Bannister's B&B, right? And we've got podcast, podcast. B&B. We won't That's say who we podcast. are. We'll, yeah. we'll just book under assumed names. We'll go up there, and then when he's serving breakfast in the morning, we'll uh, we'll make him sit down. And we'll ask for we'll ask for rooms underneath the minutes he scored hat tricks against them. Lot. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, good choice. Um, Chris, your number two. Uh, my number two uh, is Al Tarabs. Um, again, uh, I mean. Does he pull the, 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 say again? I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. I mean, that season, the 2010-2011, we know all the bad bits. We know that the the, the 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 package he came with, uh, the bad advice he got from his brother, the shisha but shisha bars at three in the morning, the tantrums, the bus stops. Um, but he was an absolutely amazing player, particularly for that one season, 2010-2011. It's a bit like standing away that he could empty bars, absolutely fearless, um, never knew what he was going to do next. Um, I mean, that 2010-11 that, that season, I think 19 goals, same amount of assists. Um, I mean, you could, you know, you, you just name check. He very rarely scored a bad goal. There's, like, there's the Swansea one, Cardiff twice, home and away, Preston several times, I think, Burnley. Full um, loads, you know, um, and then, yeah, and 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 it, obviously, like it was a handful, but it was beautifully managed by Neil Warnock that season. Uh, just gave him the cuddle when he needed to. Took it, I believe, he went round to him and uh, Sharon's house for dinner on several occasions. Um, took him under his wing and basically built the team around him. And I know he used, used to annoy the hell out of uh, the likes of Derry uh, and 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 Hill, who was like the complete opposite to him, but. Even they could see he was that good that they allowed, they allowed for him to be like you know a bit of a a, a sport child um, off the pitch and and and, and in the dressing room. Um, he never quite recreated that that season in the prem, um, but he did did the, he did see the flashes of genius there. Um, and I, I believe his first goal wasn't till against Arsenal at the end of the season, but he scored the goal against Arsenal and the goal against Spurs in that running, uh, which mm. ultimately kept us up. So. A lot of people saying, you know, he went quiet when, you know, uh, he, you know, in the Premier League, and when the, when the big games came, he went, he, he he was hiding, trying to get my words out there. But to be fair, he did show it against Arsenal and Spurs in those two games. To be fair, Chris, in his defence, in his defence, I would say with that team, sadly, the likes of Hill's influence, uh, Derry's influence, that was was taken away by some of the mercenaries that joined us. And I think that didn't add to Adele's ability in his mindset. Do you know what I mean? I think if he'd had this, that sort of team unity around him that he had in the championship, he would have gone on to to carry that through in the premiership because he could do it anywhere in the world. Sorry, Chris, but I was such a bad day. No, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd sort of finished anyway. Now we, we, we could get another cult hero on in a minute. But yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, and, and for those of you who've got kids who, who went along um, when he was, saw him for that season, that will stick with them for the rest of their lives, just like it did with some of the players we've mentioned. Here, here. Here, here. Flo, your final pick. So I didn't just pick this guy because he's coming on. Um, I do think he's a bit of a cult hero. Um, so that's Jamie Mackey. Um, 
Uh, a bit like Ainsworth, someone who worked tirelessly, never gave up, and that energy, you know, resulted in some pretty memorable moments. That Liverpool 3-2 game being one of them and uh, going 2-1 up at City. We're all sort of down to Mackie's hard work and energy. And, yeah, he, he just never gave up. He was like a little puppy dog. And I know at Oxford he's still um, got that reputation. Everywhere everywhere he's been, he's got that reputation. And to also come back from a horrific injury as well uh, and still play like that because, you know, when we talk about Lee Cook, he's someone who had so much talent and never quite looked the same after that injury. But Mackie never let never let that kind of damage his career and was determined, you know, after multiple ACL ACL or MCL, not I'm sure which ones it was, but injuries, he was determined to keep coming back and keep playing, um, you know, at the top of football. And he gave so much to us in, you know, multiple stints at the club. Um, and uh, for some reason, the, the two goals that he scored away at Leicester in the promotion season uh, really, really stick in my mind. And um, that was, I think, he his eighth goal in, in seven games at the time. Um, it was around September time in that promotion season. So he was just in such good form. And, uh, yeah, a great, great player. Good choice. Massively underrated. I mean, massively underrated as well. And it's almost like we planned it. I actually didn't realise. I, I didn't realise you were going to pick Mackie and I didn't put you last. So we could then go to Jamie Mackie. But it, it feels like it's almost perfectly worked out um, that way. So why don't we talk to him? Let's talk to him now. Hopefully, um, Jamie Mackie is joining us now. Jamie, thank you for joining us from isolation. Before we talk about any football or anything else, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners will have seen your efforts on TikTok the last couple of days, and in particular, a very elaborate, colourful camp, if I can say so, uh, video taking off uh, an American fitness instructor. Your social media star now, Jamie. <laughs> um... Well, yeah, I don't know about that, but I'm glad. Uh, I, I'm glad. I obviously, seeing the seeing the reaction from my friend putting the video on on Twitter, and then uh, I'm just, you know, what I'm just glad that people can have a laugh. It's uh, obviously a tough time for people, so for people to be able to laugh um, like I can laugh at myself, then um, that that's good. That's that's what it's all about. So yeah, it's uh, good fun with my daughter, and uh, like I said, obviously the reaction's been. Um, funny as well, and uh, I'm just like I said, I'm just glad people can have a laugh, and that's that's all it is, you know. That's the main thing. Oh, it was great. How 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 are you keeping, and and how is the life of a footballer in lockdown? Yeah, so it's um, obviously basically, I mean, where where that video came from in the first place is that obviously I'm playing for Oxford at the moment, um, and like like everyone else, our season's been cut short, so. We uh, about six or seven of us on a on a group chat at Oxford since the first day where we were kind of sent back from the training ground. We started a little group and every day uh, we do a little challenge and you've got to post it on our little group and and it goes from there, you know. And it goes, we've got a little leaderboard, so it's good fun, something to do, a little bit of um, something to do in the day, you know. Obviously, because we're all kind of just sitting around, so like loads of different challenges have gone on. Some obviously can't be put on 
on the internet, and uh, the, uh, the that challenge was the was the TikTok one. So obviously did that, and so yeah, I mean we're doing that. I've got I've got three kids, so we're we're full blast at home, and um, obviously we've got um, our schedule with football, and especially playing in in League One now. We had so many games, and we're all over the place, and. Obviously, getting to the business end, so it's like so focused on football. So, just at the minute, trying to um, make the most of a of a tough situation, and it means having time with a family where it's um, uh, not them going to school or, or me going here, there, and everywhere with football. You know, I've got the opportunity to stay and be around the family twenty four seven. So, um, it's it's been fine for now. And uh, but obviously, like you guys, I'm a massive football fan and um, looking forward to eventually, hopefully, having a conclusion to this season. Before we just um, go on to football fully, James, uh, Jamie, hi, it's Chris here. Um, hi, mate. Hi, mate. Um, yeah, the, the video has gone absolutely bonkers. I mean, you could never expected it to do that that many numbers. Oh, no, it's crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing, really. I think uh, originally, being totally honest, I mean, I didn't have uh, Twitter. So I've got a, a private Instagram account, but I didn't, I didn't have social media. I'm miles off it. I am a proper dad as... Um, <laughs> As you can see by my dance moves, I'm proper miles off it. So I, I don't have any social media, right? And then um, in, in the group, one of my pals, who's actually club captain at Oxford, good pal of mine, John Messina, he, he said, yeah, I've got to whack that on Twitter because it's a, it's a proper funny one. I said, oh, go ahead. Like, no no problem. I don't have Twitter, but fill your boots. I don't, I don't mind. And then uh, about a couple of hours later, um, the lads in the chat were going, oh, Jay, this is like going off on um, on Twitter. And so I, they said, Jay, make an account. So I was like, again, didn't have a clue what to do. So I set up an account. Now I've, now I've actually got an account. And I could then see the, I could then see the reaction, which has been great. And um, great fun, amazing. And, um, I mean, I've got plenty of uh, videos of me doing stupid dances. So, <laughs> uh, But this one, this one was obviously good because uh, myself and my daughter did it. And she's mad on the, on the TikTok. And I guess it, it was also about... Um, Eventually, you know, being safe and being in at home uh, in coronavirus at this time. So it's like it's all just yeah gone off crazy. And obviously now I've got a Twitter page and I can I can see, which is great. Actually, to be to be honest with you, I'm I, I'm glad now I'm on Twitter because I hadn't had that kind of um, bridge between uh, fans. I obviously speak to fans and um, really fondly at Cooper when I see them when I come to the games. I think it's amazing. But to like now be able to interact with them, I know this sounds ridiculous because. I must be like a fossil because this has gone on for like 10, 15 years. Like I've just jumped. I've just, you have to bear with me. I've just jumped on it. So um, I'm enjoying you, being on there and obviously. So uh, it'd be good to have an account going forward now. You've gone from like not being on social media to jumping straight into TikTok, which is beyond kind of most of us, uh, I think, are not on the cutting edge of it. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, um, I think that's me. Before we move on to the football stuff, just to tell you, I showed... I showed your video to my wife and her comment was, oh, he's got a lovely kitchen. I'd love a basement kitchen. <laughs> so it's uh, pleasing a lot of people. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we, we've <laughs> recently actually had a new kitchen. So, um, yeah, uh, nice. yes, it, look, it looks all right at the moment. I mean, we, we've got the kids <laughs> and a couple of dogs, so it probably won't look that good in a in a few more uh, years, especially if we're, if we're stuck inside for much longer with all the fights and all that, all the rest, football's flying around everywhere. So, and that's just me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and your daughter was brilliant as well, mate. Your daughter nah, was absolutely thank you. brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, lads. I mean, she, 
she she's a star on there, you know. She she absolutely loves it. I mean, we're not again like as a family, not massive on the social media, but she's coming up ten now, and she's got um, a TikTok account, like a private one for her friends, and they love it. You know, they're they're always doing the dance. So she, like I said, I've got quite a few videos I've done with her um, on there, and um, I mean they're all funny. She she I wouldn't have a clue, literally wouldn't have a clue how to cut it all, and and I don't know. I just get barked at, and I, I've got to do. I've got to do the dances, but cutting it all up and that, you know, she knows how to do it. It's incredible. So yeah, she, she, she was, she was funny. She was funny on there. And, uh, uh, I don't, you know, she's, she's, she's only young, so she doesn't get the kind of like reaction, but her friends have seen it and stuff. And it's great. It's great for her. Like I say, it's a, it's a tough time and it's, it's just, it's just too good to be able to try and laugh if you can. And, um, you know, I, I, I try and do that, um, at all times, even in, even in adversity, you know? To be honest with you, Jimmy, it's Paul here. I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, now there is something I'd like to see every week. Because I, I I generally thought TikTok was what I'll be having when I get my pacemaker at my age. Um, so <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it's brilliant that you've got you on it. But honestly, mate, you've got to do more there because I think you've got a, a demanding audience now. So and she is she is a natural as well. I'm not just saying it, but she is a natural. So I hope to see more. And can people send you suggestions, I dare say? I'm, I'm yeah, going to make a request. I'll make yeah. a request for you to do one to Pig Bag. So the tune, uh, you know, the, oh. when, when we score a goal. Oh, when okay, yeah, score okay. a goal. Da, 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 that one. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that would okay. be my request. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I have to, like, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to my, um, my choreographer and my director <laughs> and she... She can, she can, she'll have to, she'll have to go through all the songs and try and find them. But look, I, I ultimately, any anyone who wants to like see videos and and content that makes them laugh, then I, I'm more than happy to do any kind of request and do do things to to put a smile on people's face. You know, I I, I love having fun. Um, I don't take myself seriously, obviously, and I just I just enjoy having a good good time. And it's such a tough time at the minute for everyone, and I. And I appreciate that, but at the same time, I've got to try and find a way of of still having fun where you can. So I mean, yeah, she's amazing. Now. I've got there'll be plenty more videos. I mean, I, I obviously didn't do this one to put out in social media. I just did it for five or six of us to see on a group chat, and everyone's seen it. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Brilliant. But I've, I've just enjoyed the reaction. Well, Jamie, there's, it's no coincidence that we've spent the first 10 minutes of, of a call with you not talking about football. Um, and, and add to that, the podcast we're doing today is about our cult heroes, our favourite QPR cool. cult heroes. Okay. And we've all named, we've all named a couple. Um, yeah. uh, and the likes of Stan Bowles, Adele's come up, Kevin Gallen, Gareth Ainsworth, Ian Holloway. And Flo, who, who is also who, who, who's here with us today, has named you um, as one of her cult heroes. Wow, um, and you're on, the, you're, you're on the list of a number of, of QPR fans, cult heroes. It does, it feels like the special uh, connection that a lot of QPR fans have with you is mutual. Oh, for sure. I mean, look, being, being put in, in any kind of um category or even being remembered a lot, just just remembered about uh playing for the football club means um you know um such a massive amount to me you know that's why 
Uh, I, I think the first day, you know, I played for Cooper, it, it sort of like just sparked that connection. And that was, you know, that would be um, in my head how I'll define my career. And I, you can't, it just happens, I guess, that, that connection. But, you know, to be, to be spoke about in any kind of um, way or just even remembered, like I said, just playing for a football club is, is a special thing. So I'm just um, delighted that even some people... Uh, remember me playing for for Cuba. I absolutely, absolutely love the club. That everyone everyone knows that, and and the relationship I've got with the fans. I've just got such amazing memories, um, which I, I know having a long career now is actually quite hard to get uh, for a lot of players. Mm-hmm. So to have the memories and and the friends that I made, um, as in players and staff at that club, we speak the whole time. You know, I'm speaking to lads like on a daily basis. So I played with at QPR and staff as well. And I love it. You know, the memories we got are just incredible. So yeah, I feel, feel very honored that uh, I'm even spoke about with, with some of those guys who are, who are proper legends, you know? Have you managed to catch up Jimmy with Mark Hughes yet? <laughs> uh, nah, he isn't my, um, he isn't my go-to contact when I'm talking about QPR staff and players, that's for sure. Did they um, have to go through Mark Bowen anyway, if you want to talk to him? Yeah, quite possibly, and a few other people maybe, but I uh, no, I haven't I haven't had any contact with, he, with, with Mark Hughes. He is on he is on uh, another list. He, he's on a list, but it wasn't quite cult heroes. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, it was I, spelt, yeah. it was spelt yeah. quite closely to cult heroes, I think. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Jamie. I'll, I'll tell you, it's all right. I feel, I feel the rant. It's no problem at all. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, you carry on. No problem. Um, what, what um, but yeah, your... no. I speak, I speak to a lot. I speak to a lot of the lads, you know. And I think Colt heroes. You know, I spoke. Um, I've been doing um, answering a few questions from people who have who have sent them in to, to the QPR um, media team, and I've got loads of uh, more questions to do. Uh, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna get through. Obviously, I've got plenty of time, so I'm gonna get through all of them. And I got asked a question about Adele the other day, and I don't know if anyone saw it, but of course, you know, for people that I've played with, you look at, you look at him, and I'm thinking he's gonna stick in people's memories forever. He should, he should, in my opinion. But then at the same time, I played with players as well who are, um, you know, in my eyes, uh, proper legends of, of of playing for QPR. So I was very lucky, I think, in the, in in the teams that I played in there. Jamie, yeah, um, a, a, a third at the moment. You're you're playing Oxford at the moment. When this all kind of hopefully um, ends and the football restarts, maybe in a couple of months, do you think you guys, um, you know, are, are going to do? You're going to go up? Oh, I think that we've got it. Um, I think we've got a massive. Obviously, we're third, so I don't know if you if you've seen the league table beyond where we are, but it's so tight. So I think down to eighth place, where you've got I think um, Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham, they they're a point behind us. I think in seventh or eighth, or I, I may be wrong, something like that, with a game in hand. So it's crazy how tight it is. But obviously, we put ourselves in a position where we've got hopefully get the opportunity to play nine games because obviously. We've worked for 42, 43 games or whatever to put ourselves in that position to to have an opportunity. So, yeah, I feel that we do have a massive opportunity. We've got some really, really good players, um, sort of younger players who are, like, starting out and there's a few players a bit more experienced. But we've got some really, really good talent in the squad and we play play good football. I'm, I'm loving being around that 
that energy and um, being able to still play. So I'd love it more than anything, you know, the back end of my career to get a promotion. So we're all pushing hard and we're trying to, in this time now, make sure that we 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 kind of still march on other clubs and make sure that we're we're in great shape, ready to, when we do go back, we, we can fire. Because I think it's going to be a short period and a real shootout of nine games to try and get promoted. So we've got a massive chance. So keep an eye out for us. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, sorry, Chris. Can I ask a wee favour, Jimmy, if you don't mind? Of course. Um, do you get anywhere near the Oxford um, United trophy room? Um, no, but hopefully we will do. When you get in there, can you chuck the milk cup in the bin for us? Asking for a friend. Thanks very much. That's all. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah, I, um, I, thought, I thought you might be going down those lines. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I, I have to say it's been it's been great for me to be able to carry on playing football and um, playing for them. So I hope I hope for for Oxford and everyone involved, we get the opportunity to get into the championship. It'll be massive for the football club. So we'll have a right push. We'll have a right push. That's for sure. And we'll get some reception next season at the Loft, man. I tell you. Oh, I mean, if I'm if I'm playing and I, I come back there, you know, it'll be um, it'll be it'll be very weird playing playing there. In the other team, but it'd be yeah to get the opportunity to play at Loftus Road again. I mean, it'd be incredible. So, uh, you know, there's so many. Everyone's got different motivations to get to get. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys aren't finished yet, so who knows? I mean, I mean, we if can't we don't get promoted, league, can we? Yeah. That's what I mean. So, I mean, uh, the the club's doing great at the minute. And they, uh, again, you've got a nine game. I think probably the same as us. Nine games to go back, and anything can happen after a prolonged period like this. No one knows how teams are going to react. So. You know, stranger things have happened that you come back and win games and, and you're right in the mix yourself. So that that would be amazing as well. So let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah talking of Loftus Road, uh, Jamie, I know you've done this with the official website, you know, literally, literally a couple of weeks ago. But just as a favour, because I never tire of hearing it, can you just talk us through the 3-2 uh, the against Liverpool again? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I, I don't get bored of it either. I mean, loads of people get bored of me talking about it. But the, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember I was on the bench that evening, which I remember not being happy about, which no one should be happy about, obviously. But we, um, we, I was on the bench, I was watching a game, and I, I, I don't know how many people remember the first half, but they were incredible. I remember, I remember going, obviously, we'd been in the Premier League for that season and seen some good sides. Um, like you know, but they were really good on the night. They were passing it quickly. They were uh, up front. Movement was a joke. They they were very good that night. And then um, we obviously found ourselves two 0 down. And then um, second half, you know, it was such a massive night because they, we had such a tough running. And it was like, well, if we're gonna stay in this division, we have to win at Loftus Road. We have to make it hard for t- this is where we're gonna stay up in the league. Right away from home was really tough. So. Uh, you could sort of feel it, uh, you know, everyone knows what it's like there on a Tuesday night. There's nowhere better, is there? It's, it's crazy how it how it can get. And that season, it was packed. It was great atmosphere as usual. And we were in there. And I think um, I think when, the, when it went 2-1, I think you just sort of, it, you get that feeling, you know, going in, going into the loft. And it was like... Yeah, I don't know. You just got that feeling. You you know what I'm talking about. You, you, other yeah, other fans yeah. from other fans from clubs would speak about how their club generates their own kind of draw to the ball going in the goal. But we've got our own one at, at Loftus Road, right? And if you're there, you you, you know. And, and and I got that feeling. I've had that feeling a few times, and, and and we had that feeling. And then 
um, when Deza scores, you know you're onto a, you know you're onto something special. So he, um, <laughs> he he's obviously one of my heroes. I, I love him, and he was amazing um, for the football club. Absolutely amazing. So he um, he he scores with with a header, uh, and then you're like, right, this is we're, we're on, aren't we? You know, it's it's on. Uh, and then yeah, I think my goal was was just sort of. I mean, it was fairly, it was lucky, really, wasn't it? I mean, um, Youngie headed it. I think he's an assist with a header. So he, he's headed it, but I think it was quite lucky that it got there in the end, um, how, it, how it reached that conclusion. And, um, you know, I managed to, didn't have loads of time, managed to keep a cool head and, and slotted past. And then I, um, I, gave, I gave the manager quite a bit of stick with my celebration. Like I said, I wasn't happy about being on the bench at the time. I mean, you look back and you're like, come on, that, that, that's a bit stupid, but you are, are desperate to play and emotions come out on the night, right? So had to deal with that a um, couple of days after, but honestly didn't, didn't care. We just, or I didn't even care that I was just winning, winning that game. And it, it really felt like a proper catalyst for us to go and stay in the division, which um, I know, obviously everyone knows it was kind of by default on the last day in the end, but we put ourselves in a position by winning games like that, getting a result against Arsenal, other teams at home, you know, and we, we really did it. So again, just like I said before on the website, just feel so privileged that I've had the opportunity to play with, with my proper friend and play for that football club and, and have full memories like that. I feel that's what I feel so lucky about because I know that's not easy to get. To be, to be honest, Jimmy, I think you you underplay that goal. The, um, that was a shit hot goal. And the way you stuck that past him, this is a team that were on fire and um, yeah, unbelievable. Don't don't downplay your role in that game, mate. That, no, that I mean no, no, I'm not. I, I, you know, like I'm not. I, I'm not downplaying. I'm saying I, I think how it got there was potentially a little bit lucky in the first place, and then like not. It wasn't an unbelievable play for us to get there, and then yeah, I, it, it was a good finish in the end. And you guys have seen me miss plenty of goals, so yeah, that was I was good to go. <laughs> plenty of chances, so. Um, that uh, that was nice to go in that one and yeah again you know uh, my family were there everyone it's just incredible one incredible night and again I just can't I, I can't you know I really feel now as I've got a bit older I really start sort of looking back at things now and I really realise just how how lucky me and my pals were in that team to to finish a bit at the end of your careers and have proper memories that you can look back at proper proper good ones and that. That's one that um, will always will always live with me. Fantastic. Well said. And Jamie, b- b- before we let you go, just give us a word on QPR's season up until this point, I, and how you think the club has moved moved on since uh, you've been at, at the play. Yeah. So obviously, like like you guys now, I'm a fan. Um, no different, and um, no people and closer people at the club still. Um, but uh, come to any game that I can, and and I've watched and. One thing I'd say is, you know, I think um, early on, I think this season there was there was probably a bit of trouble as a team defensively. Um, everyone everyone could probably see that probably letting in too many goals, and I didn't I, I didn't I didn't buy that um, it's like a player's fault or the goalkeeper's fault. You know, Lummers, I'm a massive fan of Lummers. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to go on to be a top keeper. I really do think that it's just as as a youngish keeper you get highlighted and that's, that's part of the role. But I feel that like potentially the whole structure didn't necessarily protect mm. a keeper. And I think it's a tough role 
to play in that kind of system in the way in the way it looks that the team set up to play. But at the same time, I thought the attacking football and watching it was like real, real good to watch. And I think it's a progression to go and look at and see young players flourishing at the football club is what I want to see. I mean, a beer I just I obviously played with him and, and and saw him in training. As soon as I saw him in training, I was like, this is. You know, I've I've played with Dell and uh, and I've seen real proper talent and uh, and Abira's just got that balance. I just incredible player and and Bright's coming. So attacking wise, and I'm an attacker and I want to see attacking football. I think they're doing great and I think the way the manager's asking to play is a great way of of playing football. And obviously they've started picking up results when they started potentially keeping a couple of clean sheets and 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 not conceding as many goals. And then the attacking players would come through and 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 start getting the points on the board. And that's what I'm seeing now. And I'm seeing a really good brand of football. Now, in terms of the club moving on, I feel that like, because of everything uh, that's happened in, let's say the last eight years and all, and all the water that's gone under the bridge in terms of finances and all the rest of it, is that it's hard for people to see that because of playing in the Premier League for three years in the last eight years, that we all want to be back there straight away. I get that. Of course, everyone wants that. I want to bring my little boy to watch Premier League football at Loftus Road. Imagine that would be incredible. We all want that, but there's process to get to that point. And I think that at the minute, they're just going through that process and they're doing it well, where the wage bill's been cut. They've um, not been able to be as active and and it's frustrating. I get that for fans because they miss out and then potentially keeping Naki Wells, who's on fire, who's obviously a great striker. And, it's just impossible for the club because they can't compete at the minute with that. But eventually everyone knows that will come back round. And I firmly believe that the good times will come back, but let's hope that it will be in a structure that means it can be sustained at the level we all want it to be. And I feel that they are going in that direction. So um, I'm looking at going, they've even got a chance now to get into the playoffs with, with the way they play and the, the talent that they've got within the side. So um, I feel that patience is always what it takes to support QPR. I get that, but <laughs> I do think I do I do think that you know the end the end process they're doing it the right way to to make it sustainable in the end. Let's hope so. Well said, big man. I don't know, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you guys watch every week. I don't know if that if you feel that's accurate, but from from yeah. I, I also Stop. keep a close eye on. and I, 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 I keep a very close eye on my. You know, I, I consider it what the club that I love and I, I watch it, you know, all the time and I, I'm in close contact with people at the football club. So I feel it's, um, you know, there's definitely been a lot worse brands of football being played in the last, you know, however many years, hasn't there? So it's um, at least at least good to watch. And it's always it's always a roller coaster being at Loftus Road. That is for sure. <laughs> You're not wrong, mate. But the one you love, brilliant. right? Absolutely, mate. Wouldn't have it any other way. Jamie, thank thank you for joining us. Brilliant to talk to you. When this all when this all um, finishes and we kind of get back to normal, at some point we've got to do a QPR podcast live. So I hope you will be available at some point for our invitation because Derry's been on, Hill's been on. Um, we, we really need the, the final piece of that trio to come onto the live podcast. Nah, oh, I mean, like going back to the original or one of the original things about cult heroes, I mean, like for me, those two are like, you know, they are Clint Hill, Sean Derry. They've got to be, I mean, I, I, I may be biased, I play them, they've got to be 
they they must be on many many of people's list of current right. heroes and, and and legends at QB. I mean, both of them. I mean, come on, Hilly was playing in the Premier League. I don't know what I'm playing. I'm playing now in League One, in, at, and I'm turning 35, and it's tough. You know, it's really tough. I'm I'm loving it. I love football. He's playing in the Premier League. It's like incredible, incredible player. Great he's playing season, in the Premier League at 47, I think. Yeah, I think he probably still um, Yeah. Uh, Jamie, but thank right. you. We'll leave you to uh, get on with your TikTok. Yeah, so, I will. I'll be out there. I bet I'm going to dust the old headband off. It's been in a drawer for a couple of days now. <laughs> Keep well. <laughs> you know what makes sense? Cheers, yeah, man. yeah. Great great to chat. Take care. Keep dancing. Take care. Bye-bye. Stay <laughs> safe. You, sanitize. Stay inside and sanitize. Work those fires. Pray <laughs> <laughs> and pray, people. Pray oh, and pray. <laughs> See you later. See you later. See you, big bud. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye. Right. That that right. that's something cool. one of the best interviews we've ever done. That's got to oh, be. We say, it. Chris, David, Flo. I absolutely love him. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. Great call. And I never thought we would be talking about a footballer making TikTok videos for so long at the start of an interview. But these are strange Unbelievable. times. Um, we, um, so this, this, is, this is a very enjoyable but also a long podcast already. So we've actually got a second person that's joining us um, for the end of the podcast. And Paul, it's probably you're probably best place to do the introduction before we get him on with us. Well, Freddie Bowers is a, is a QPR fan, long-standing all his life, as many of us are, upper, upper loft season ticket holder. Um, did a very emotional tweet a wee while back. Um, he's terminally ill, and he basically was saying how wonderful his seat is, and the person who gets a seat after him, he hopes will um, enjoy times that he won't see. So that, that, you know, I mean, in these times, everything else, and... You know, we've had our own loss this week. We'll talk about it before the end. But yeah, I just wanted to get him on to, to, to have a wee chat with him and um, have his two cult heroes of QPR. So let, let's hear from the fella. We're, we're joined by the wonderful Freddie Bards. Freddie, it's Finney here. Um, we're doing cult heroes now. You're a long-standing QPR fan and season ticket holder, and you've seen some good, some bad, and so bloody wonderful players down there. Who, who's the two that stick out in your mind the most of the cult heroes? Well, I always think when you, when you use the word cult heroes, I think these are people who should really be under the radar a little bit. Because okay. Stan and Rodney and Ferdy and, you know. But my, my, my two for you would be, gents, I, my favourite footballer at QPR of all time is David Bardsley. I, um, I've, had, I've had a season ticket on, on all three Good sides choice. of the ground over the years. But mainly I spent 10 years about 30 yards out from the loft end watching David Barnsley. Well, it looked like he was ambling up and down the line. But everybody else just couldn't keep up with him. It was really weird. And he used to cross the ball in. And, and I know Ferdy was a great striker. and that, But honestly, there were times where I thought I could have scored with some of those crosses. They were just unbelievable near post, middle, far post. He always seemed to know where Ferdinand was. And Gary Penrice. And then that leads me nicely on, segued onto my second cult hero, probably the great Kevin Gallon. And my reasoning for that 
he finished. I was at Fratton Park that night when he'd done his knee. And I was one of the hundred people around me at that near post that heard his knee snap. Oof, and yeah. I'm telling you, that thing, that thing went like a whip. And the rest of that, that end at Fratton Park were going mad because he scored. But there was a hundred of us with our head in our hands. And I never even thought he'd play again. Now, admittedly, Kevin never reached the heights of what I believe he would have become. And, he, and there's no reason to say that, that what Jimmy Greaves done for England, etc., could not be, have been done by Kevin Gallon because he broke all Jimmy Greaves' records as a kid and a youth. So without that injury, he was just coming into like the perfect predator. And he'd done that knee. And while he came back and had a great career for us and that, he was never, ever quite the same. What he did do is what Michael Owen done. He changed his game. He became a receiver of the ball, taking a few knocks from behind, moving off, and getting his fair share of goals as well. But mm. unfortunately, he was not the great, the greatest, greatest. Because I think Kevin would have gone on, played for Manchester United or Liverpool, because he scored us at Manchester United on that opening day of the season. And we lost 2-1 up there. And I'm convinced. I don't know this, of course, because I've never met Kevin Person apart from one time where I was drunk, and I will go past that bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, as, I spent, as I spent 20 minutes, the one thing you shouldn't do is telling these people how great they were, you know. But I did anyway. From my own, uh, and, um, and bless him, he stood there, he stood there nodding and shaking his head at me and all in and took it all in great with things, just as he would, you know. And uh, so they're my two boys for those reasons, really. David Bardsley, David Bardsley, you know, played once for England, got man of the match in a nil-nil draw in Spain. They played in some remote place like Santander. And because and England had a couple of other full-backs who played for Man United or Liverpool, David never played again for England, and he won man of the match in a new draw away at Spain. He was unbelievably good. And I know, I know that Andy Sippen went through a bit of stick when he left to went, go to Sheffield Wednesday, he said. But here, in, 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 David's, in David's reasoning, why he could have left QPR, and that's probably the reason why Andy Simpson left and went to a bigger club to try and keep his international career moving forward. Um, but David didn't. He chose to stay with us, God bless him. And he's my all-time hero. And again, backed up by Kevin for the reasons that I've given, lads. I hope that's all right. Great choices. You can't argue with them, Freddie. Now, for those that don't Thank know, you. Freddie, you, you, you're not a well man. Forgive me for saying that in such a, a way. No, um, no. And I know you wanted to say a few things. Would you, yeah, just continue what you want to say, big man? Yeah, well, firstly, um, being on Twitter and, and other, you know, places, uh, Facebook and stuff, um, I've been absolutely overcome by the way that the QPR family have got uh, behind me during my plight I am, unfortunately, uh, not going to be with you for the start of, certainly not the start of next season, 
and I very much doubt if I'm going to be with you when the when this current season resumes. So my days of at Loftus Road are are over, unfortunately. Um, and obviously everybody's sad about that. But I've made my peace with it all. I actually had testicular cancer when I was 21 and nearly died anyway. So I've had another 34 years on top of that. But the, but the bug has got me in the end. Okay, we take it on the chin and we move on. And my message is to all those other QPR fans out there who are going through difficult times at present. And it may not even be life-threatening like mine. It might be just something like that's something I've had in the past, which killed me, is a thing like gout or something like that, you know. Just tell every, just let people know on social media. Don't keep it to yourself. Because social media can be a bit of a hard and horrible place. Also, it's a wonderful place. And the QPR family, if you say you're a QPR fan and you say you're going through a little bit of a difficult time at the moment, the uplift that I have got from everybody has been absolutely wonderful. And I thank you all from the bottom of my heart, every one of you. Just a little special mention, if I may, to Matt Winton, who I got to know around seven or eight years ago and we became friends. Um, and he asked Andy Sinton to give me a call from the club, which he did. And it was a wonderful 15, 20 minutes with Andy again. Unfortunately, I had to sit there and listen as I prayed on about being the, you know, the best QPR fan there's ever been. You know, um, but he was uh, he he was very very receptive and uh, and um, and it was a wonderful fifteen to twenty minutes. And I'll cherish I will cherish that until I close my eyes for the last time. Thank you very much, chaps. That's what I wanted to say. No, Freddie, we 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 need to thank you. That's that's an amazing thing to say. And. Um, I'll be in touch over the over the next few days, mate. And um, yeah, that's, um, I'm touched deeply. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, Freddie, I just it's Chris here, Freddie. Uh, I just wanted to yeah. add, mate. That was that was such lovely words you just said then. And 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 yeah, what a what a great guy you are. And and I also you agree much. with you know you, you could have a million and one cult choices, but um, yeah, two great players you name there, mate. I've loved you. Listen, lads, it's been a real honour and, and something I've, I'd, I'd love to been been, you know, been done. We've tried a little bit in the past, haven't we, Paul? And we've always had things going on in our lives. That are, yeah, it's uh, cold cider, man. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Paul, from the bottom of my heart, I hope, my, I hope money comes through for you. Again, oh, thanks, she mate. seems like a strong old... She seems like a strong old girl, Paul. Line. Oh, mate. So, she's I'm, a mid- midfield battler. Thank you, thank you, mate. It's very kind of you to think of other people. Yeah, no problem. Best of luck. Gentlemen, it's been an honour. I'm not going to take any more of your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, you so much. Thanks, Freddie. Thank, thank you, you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Freddie. No that was problem. amazing. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. You, mate. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how we quite follow that um, because that was that was amazing hearing from him um, uh, and and also two great players and David Bardsley 
was on was on uh, my list as well for, for all the same reasons. Um, oh, well, this incredible. has been a, this has been a, a, a good podcast. <laughs> Lighten the mood by telling you that Chris has accidentally pushed his video button. So all of us can oh, now see Chris. Yeah, you had done. I think you sent it off. You so absolute bin lid. In, uh, all of us in the yeah. middle of that extremely moving um, uh, chat saw you <laughs> sitting on your sofa, which, which, which <laughs> oh, was a, a small detail to lighten. To, to, can you to still see me? Well, no, I can't. Thank God. Not anymore. Um, um, let's do, guys, I know Chris. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, I just It's took a while to get Freddie on, and it's been mainly my fault over the years. Um, I, I will do a special. Freddie asked me to do one day, get a few people who have struggling and beating cancer and so on, and we will do that podcast one day in um, in, in for Freddie. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I teared up a little bit there. And, um, yeah, just amazing. And it just mind you how special this club is and how much we mean to each other when we don't know it. Um Absolutely. I'm just going to do my my quick. I've a very quick Oz end. Um, thanks everyone who, who for any mention of my mother there. The wee mad Irish woman is home again. Thank the Lord, and um, we've got a bit more time with her. Um, I, I, she came home at one o'clock in the morning, so I haven't got speaking to her properly. A video called her this morning where she told me off for not coming and getting out of the hospital. So she's obviously getting back to normal. Everyone, thank you. I tried to thank everyone individually. If I missed anyone on Twitter, I apologise. I tried and it went only went back so far and I couldn't get through all the messages. And the other one is um, to all the QPR fans who are suffering from this awful, awful, disgusting illness, disease, whatever people want to call it. Um, stay with us, people, and hopefully you'll get through it. And best of luck to Shifty Ten, who's going through a hard time. And even our own Kevin Gallon, who had it and has come through the other side of it. Um, fair play and good luck to everyone with it. It's horrible and I wish you all well. Indeed. Also, so all of us. I, I will be very, very quick. My R's end was only to the honourable mentions lists of cult heroes that I don't think have got a mention today. So everyone that has got a mention one way or the other, like Gary Waddock or Jermaine Darlington, will not be on this list. Here are some of the others who I don't think have been mentioned. So, not Sean Mark Bircham has been mentioned. Um, Martin Rowland was on people's list. Samba Diakite was on people's list. Devon White, Danny Maddox, Ali Fallin, Gino Padula. Oh, I think he yeah. did get mentioned. I think he did get mentioned. Sebastian Poulter was on someone's list. Akos Bazaki, mm. Danny Dicchio, mm. Mark Dennis. And the last really? one that has been mentioned a few, yeah, a few times. The last one that's been mentioned was Stuart Wardley as a cult hero. So there you go. Oh, that's a great you show. Mentioned a number of a number of people there. Flo, what's your R's end? So I got a message on Twitter this week um, from Wayne Sumner who asked if we could give a shout out to his son Dan who um, is an anaesthetic and intensive care registrar uh, at Ashford Hospital in Kent and also a season ticket holder in P Block um, and he's also a big listener of the pod so just a um, massive shout out to Wayne um, and his family and Dan for the work that he's doing. Um, and Wayne was saying that Dan hasn't been able to um, see his wife or his son because he's in isolation because of his work. So to Dan and all the other Rangers fans and everyone else who is either working in the NHS emergency services or delivering food um, or delivering other essential goods, then, yeah, just thanks for everything you're doing while the rest of us 
sit at home, eat chocolate and crisps and watch telly. You guys are, are really doing the work um, and saving lives. So thanks very much. I think, I think that's a, a follow on from that. Dan, if you're listening, you're coming on the podcast and you're coming in the studio and we're getting drunk. Um, and then, Chris, so you've got quite a, a, a significant, uh, poignant one, I think, uh, that's going to be fitting to take us out the, the show with. Yes, um, yes, it's on, on yeah, we've, we've just spoken about the coronavirus and that, yeah, this horrible thing that's happened to us. Um, we lost one of our own this week, um, Dean McKee, um, who was just 28. Um, yeah, horrible, horrible news. Um, massive QPR fan. I, I, I met him for the first time in the queue to get Portsmouth tickets um, at, at Loftus Road. Um, we ended up talking for ages about QPR, his, his, his poetry. He used to do open mic poetry, very talented guy, um, and even used to, used to work on the food kiosk at Loftus Road. Lots of, lots of tales to tell there. Um, he, he was just one of those people <coughs> you meet and then you sort of feel like you know him forever if you know him. Anyway, I got a message from his brother, Richard. Um, he wanted me to read out this. Um, this, is, this. He said, I was the one who first took Dino to QPR. His dad's a Millwall fan, boo. But I took him on board and he loved it. He went from QPR from the age of five or six and didn't look back or think of supporting another team. I wouldn't let him anyway, poor sod. Dino was mascot country away January 2005. Paul Furlong scored a last-minute winner to make us win 2-1. Jamie Curitan scored first. Also, concerning his poem, we both talked about Kevin Gallon being in this poem because we would always sing his song and see a lot of his goals down the loft. But the way the poem was worded, it didn't happen. But Kev, if you're listening, he wanted you in it. At last, he wanted to speak about Wembley. Dean Mee and his nephew Reese and niece Ellie did the walk to Wembley like I did with my dad in 86. At eight years old, at eight years old Dean was so emotional when Zamora scored. We hugged each other and he was crying. Adding Zamora into the poem just cemented everything into place. And the poem he was talking about is the uh, the montage you will see at QPR before home games um, with Dean reading the poem uh, uh, with, with the footage of QPR and the players. And I, I believe we're going to play out with that poem. It's called Born Blue and White. And like you say, it played before every game. And so that's it from us for this week. We will see you all again, speak to you all again next week. I remember hearing the rallying cry of Come on you of Bellow From Oxbridge Road to Shepherd's Bush Station Born to bleed blue and white We was built in the era of grit and determination A true London legacy A club for our community is what we are And meant to be Ferdinand, Marsh, Bowles Legends in our tapestry because we built this club from the ground up. The crest is in our DNA from down and out comebacks to last minute winners at Wembley. Zamora! Let's not forget the lows, the losses, the Ray Jones. It would have been QPR royalty that I can presume, but just like Hawkeye and Prince, taken too soon. Their names cemented in our history, they will forever be our own. But through every tragedy, you turn the corner to Loftus Road and you are never alone, you're home. Stand united as one Rangers because we are the finest football team the world has ever seen. And it's Queen's Park Rangers, the blue and white super hoops. 
on the brink of non-existence, morale at its lowest, we were there to raise our troops. Bertram, Ainsworth, Rowlands, men that wore our hearts on their sleeves. And now, look to our future legends and sing. Oh, Captain Jack, meet me by the railway track. With a scarf in your hand, I will be your ranger's man. So shake this loft to its haunches. Make this church be our fortress. We know who we are. You know who we are. We are QPR.